أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما نافعا اللهم أرنا الحق حقا وارزقنا اتباعه وأرنا الباطل باطلا وارزقنا اجتنابه ربي اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحلل أقدة من لساني يفقه قولي السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته Welcome to the Reflections on the Risale-i Nur by Bedi-Uzzaman Said Nursi podcast series. This is Mustafa Tuna. You can listen to the episodes of this series wherever you listen to your podcasts or at the website www.reflections-rn.org. In this episode, inshallah, we will continue reading the 27th word. This is a treatise about ijtihad. And in the first part of the treaties that we already read, we reflected upon this concept at length. It is usually translated as independent judgment or a more clear, more to the point definition may be to exert utmost effort in order to come close to what God wants when we make a judgment. So since we finished that, we will not go into too much detail and inshallah begin reading the addendum of this treatise which is about the companions of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam it is meaningful that ustad nursi follows up a treatise about ijtihad with an addendum about the companions of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam they were the essential chain in the transmission of our religion. They lived with the Prophet ﷺ. They defended him against all, all odds. They followed him step by step. They loved him. They observed him carefully. And then they transmitted what they learned from him to us. If it were not for them, we would not be able to know our religion. We would not be able to know the prophetic model. And without the prophetic model, we would not be able to know what our Lord demands from us. We would not know how to worship Him. We would not know what pleases Him. We would not know what comes closest to His will, what pleases Him in making our judgments. So it all starts after the Prophet ﷺ, of course, after the source, after the font of knowledge, it all starts with the companions. And therefore, we need to put them in their proper place in our hierarchy of our teachers. They are our first teachers after the source. The Prophet ﷺ is the first teacher, of course, but after him, as the source of knowledge, the companions are our first teachers. So, let's begin inshallah. 27. sözlün zeyli sahabeler hakkındadır. The addendum of the 27th word is about the companions. Radiyallahu anhum. May God be pleased with all of them. Ustad Nursi begins this treatise with a 
couplet from Mawlana Jami. He says, Mawlana Jami'nin dediği gibi derim. I say as Mawlana Jami says. And then he reads a, a, a couplet. Mawlana Jami is a 15th century poet who was born in, as his name indicates, Jam, which is in Khurasan in, in today's Afghanistan. Uh, he spoke Persian and he wrote his poetry in Persian. He is known to be one of the greatest, most, most insightful Sufi poets. He was Naqshbandi and he wrote in that tradition. His poetry is read widely even today. The problem here is I don't speak Persian. So I will try my best in, our, in order to pronounce the couplet uh, in Persian. But for those who speak Persian and my voice pronunciation will grate their ears, I apologize in advance. So, Mevlana Jami'nin dediği gibi derim. Ya Rasulullah, çi baş etsegi ashabı kehf, dâhili cennet şevm der zemreyi ashabı tu. O rawa dar cennet, men dar cehennem keyravast. O sagi ashabı kehf, men sagi ashabı tu. I say, as Mevlana Jami says, O Rasulullah, O the Messenger of God, if only, like the dog of the companions of the cave, I could be in paradise among your companions. Is it right? Would it be right that their dog will be in paradise while I will be in, the, in hell? He was the dog of those companions the companions of the cave, I am the dog of yours, your companions. Ashab Kahf, the companions of the cave, are these few young men who uh, lived in a society that rejected God and they wanted to worship God. They could not do that in their community, in their society. So they left and their dog followed them and they came to a cave and fell asleep there and their dog fell asleep with them. And then they were there sleeping for a long time. Then they woke up, God woke them up and as a lesson, as a uh, as a sign and lesson, he sent them to the city to, to buy something to eat. When they pulled out the coins from their pockets to, to purchase food, the people living in the city recognized that these were not from their time. These were from an earlier time. So this is a story from the Quran and there are many lessons in it. And that is not the subject of this uh, session. What matters to us is that these were the companions of the cave and they had a dog. And uh, it is our understanding that that dog will be in paradise. So Maulana Jami starts from this piece of information and says, if only I could be, I could be in paradise like that dog of the companions of the cave. Why? Because it is the dog of the companions of the cave and I am the dog of your companions. I am the loyal follower, admirer of your, your companions. I recognize your companions as my master. And of course, this is not intended as an insult. 
No, it is a source of pride to be the dog, the servant of the companions of the Prophet They were chosen and God chose them. And God is all wise. His choices, all of his choices are full of wisdom. He created all the spirits of all human beings. And among them, he chose the best, the cream of the crop, as his prophets and messengers. And then the next best, he chose as the companions of the Prophet Muhammad wasallam. And if, if one wants to understand the importance of this, the significance of this, the reality of this, perhaps it may be a good idea to listen to the previous episode from the 27th word where we went over a salawat, a salutation to the Prophet that Ustad Nursi had put at the end of the, the main part of this treatise, the 27th word about Ijtihad. Then we talked about who this person that we say Muhammad ibn Abdullah, Muhammad al-Arabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam who this person that we consider to be our master and messenger and prophet who is he as the poet says he was a man he was a human being but not like the rest of the human beings he was special the first thing that was created was his light it is his light that makes the the cosmos the creation meaningful Light is that which, when cast upon something, makes it visible, legible, perceivable. It is His light that, when cast upon the creation, makes the aspect of reality that faces its Lord, the Creator, God, legible, visible, perceivable. He is the, the one that God chose as His Beloved, Habib, Habibullah. He is Habibullah, the beloved of God. So if one is a servant, a dog of the companions of the Prophet wasallam, that is one of the surest tickets to get to paradise. Inshallah, may we all be the servants of his companions. And what would that mean? Well, that would probably mean, that may mean many things, but one thing that comes to my mind now is serving in the way that they served. Worshipping in the way that they worshipped. And serving the cause of Tawheed, monotheism, in the way that they served by transmitting what they got from the Prophet wasallam, meticulously and loyal to the source and defending it standing for standing up for it against all odds and a great part of what we refer to as the odds here is not the the world trying to squeeze muslims that is a fact too there are all sorts of things that are going around in the world that put muslims in really dire circumstances it is not easy to be a muslim at this day and age but but the greater part of those odds come from our own lower souls 
standing up for what God wants against the vain desires of ourselves. So after this poem, Ustad Nursi begins by saying, Bismihi subhanahu wa immin shay'in illa yusabbihu bihamdihi. This is one of the usual ways that Ustad Nursi begins his letters. In the name of him, glorified is he. And there is nothing that does not glorify him with praise. This is one of the key central verses in the Quran that Ustad Nursi has learned from. It is from the 44th verse of Surat al-Isra, the chapter of Isra. Isra is the Prophet ﷺ journey from Mecca to Jerusalem on the night of ascension. And that everything glorifies God with praise is one of the keys that has opened many insights for Ustad Nursi. And if you have been following this, this podcast, you must have uh, understood, recognized the importance of this notion by this time. We look around, we look at the, the created realm, and in it we see everything glorifying our Lord, and from that we learn about our Lord. Then Ustad Nursi continues, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. In the name of God, the merciful, the mercy giver. Muhammadun Rasulullahi walladhina ma'ahu ashidda'u ala al-kuffari ruhama'u baynahum ila akhiril ayat. So this is uh, from Surah Al-Fatih, the chapter of opening. And it starts, Muhammad is the messenger of God. Those who follow him are harsh towards the disbelievers and compassionate, merciful towards each other. And then Ustad Nursi says, to the end of the verse, and this is a, a convention if you don't want to quote the entire verse, but you mean the entire verse, you can say, Ila to the end of the verse. And those who are steeped in this tradition of Islam usually know what is the rest of the verse. But just in case, I would like to read the rest of this uh, verse in translation too, and then move on to Ustad's discussion of it. Muhammad is the messenger of God. Those who follow him are harsh towards the disbelievers and compassionate towards each other. You see them kneeling and prostrating in rikua, in prayer, and in sajda, seeking God's bounty and his good pleasure. On their faces they bear the marks of their prostrations. This is how they are pictured in the Torah and the Gospel, like a seed. So, this is how the Quran describes them. You see them kneeling and prostrating, seeking God's bounty and His good pleasure. On their faces they bear the marks of their prostrations. They are harsh towards the disbelievers and compassionate among each other, among themselves. And then the Quran continues, and this is how they are pictured depicted in the Torah and the Gospel, like a seed that puts forth its shoot, becomes strong, grows thick, and rises on its stem to the delight of its sowers. Who sowed them? Who sowed them? God and His Messenger. They were like seeds. They had the potential, but that potential could 
could have rotten and disappeared. The Prophet وسلم, when they fell in his fertile soil, when God sowed them in the fertile soil of the Prophet وسلم, look what they became. They put forth their shoots, they became strong, they grew thick, and they rose on their stems to the delight of its sowers or their sores. So God infuriates the disbelievers through them. God promises forgiveness and a great reward to those who believe and do righteous deeds. So this is the verse that Ustad Nursi uh, quotes at the beginning of this treatise. And then, because this is a letter, his letters were usually responses to questions that were asked to him. The treatise continues, Sual ediyorsunuz, you ask, in response to somebody's question, Ustad Nursi is uh, responding. You ask, and then he paraphrases the question. Bazı rivayetlerde vardır ki, bid'aların revaci hengamında ehli iman ve takvadan bir kısım suleha sahabe derecesinde veya daha ziyade eftal olabilir. Diğer rivayetler vardır. Bu rivayetler sahih midir? Sahih ise hakikatleri nedir? So you ask. There are some narrations which say that at the time when bad innovations are rife all over the place, some of the righteous from among the believers and those who fear God, so sulaha, righteous, and, and ehli taqwa, those who are God conscious, people of God consciousness, people who uh, in each step, in each step that they take, deliberate, think, is this a step that will please God or not? They are constantly aware of God's presence and watchfulness. They have taqwa, right? So some among the righteous and the people of taqwa, the people of God consciousness, will be on a level with the companions. They will be level at the same level with the companions or, the narration says, or of even greater virtue. Are these narrations sound? Because the look, the companions are praised in the Quran. The Prophet ﷺ praised them. They are the seeds that were sown in the fertile soil of the Prophet ﷺ. How can anybody else out there? They were the chosen. How can anybody else? How can anybody else be of the same level with them or even more virtuous? Is, is are these narrations sound and if so what is their true meaning now at this point we need to perhaps uh, open a parenthetical mark and mention something important about Ustad Nursi's style approach um, perhaps even method Ustad Nursi is loyal to the tradition of Islam without without hesitation he is steeped in that tradition. And when a narration like this comes, he does not reject it with a knee-jerk reflex, saying, no, this is not from Islam. He tries to get the best out of it and find an excuse for what may have been misunderstood of it and correct it so that the tradition is not wounded. That's a big, big mistake that... Unfortunately, believers have been, uh, I would even say it's a big, big crime that believers have unfortunately been committing 
uh, at least in the you know, past two centuries, but increasingly so. The prophetic traditions, of course, there are fabricated traditions out there. But we should not be so ready and eager and hasty in rejecting them, throwing out one by one without this careful consideration. It is a sin, it's a great sin to ascribe something that the Prophet did not say to him. But it is equally serious to cut his voice, to censor his voice if he actually said it. So the right method, the right approach that Ustad Nursi teaches us is to be very deliberative, respectful, and try to find excuses, ways to understand it in a way that fits into our, our broader understanding of the prophetic model. So there are some narrations. In those narrations, uh, it is said that at the time when bad innovations are rife all over the place, some of the righteous among the people of believers and God consciousness will be of the same level with the Sahaba, the companions, or perhaps even more virtuous. Is this a an accurate narration? And if it is accurate, if it is sound, what is the, the true meaning? Al-Jawab. Enbiyadan sonra nev-i beşerin en eftali sahabi olduğu ehli sünnet ve cemaatin icma'ı bir hücceti katıadır ki o rivayetlerin sahih kısmı fazileti cüz'iye hakkındadır. That the companions are the most virtuous among humankind after the prophets is a judgment that is reached upon with consensus among the people of sunnah and jama'ah, the, the followers, the true followers of the prophetic model. And this is a definitive evidence that the sound parts of such narrations, the sound ones among such narrations are about particular virtues. They are not about virtue in gen general. They are not about virtue in absolute terms, but about particular virtues. Çünkü cüz'i fazilette ve hususi bir kemalde mercu, racihe, tereccü edebilir. Because when we are considering a particular virtue and a specific perfection, that which is preferred over can be more preferable over that which is preferred. Now, this is a logic statement and it, uh, I understand that it needs to be explained a little bit better. When we are considering particular virtues and specific perfections, that should be clear. That which is preferred over or that which is preferred to can be more preferable than that which is preferred. Think of two options before us. Option A, option B. We consider them and we see that option A is superior. That is what is preferred. And option B, it may be good, but it is relatively inferior and that is what is preferred to or what is preferred over. In absolute terms, option A is preferred over option B. But 
if we are considering specific perfections and particular virtues and that is what we are looking at only option b which is preferred to may have something that is that is more virtuous than option a in relation to that specific consideration and therefore because we limited our decision to this specific consideration we may still be choosing option b over option a we may still be choosing what is preferred to in absolute terms to option a what is preferred because we have a specific limited consideration and we should also emphasize that Ustad Nursi says the sound ones among those narrations. He does not pass a judgment about the soundness of all of them. He does not say all of them are not sound or all of them are sound. He says the sound ones among those narrations should be about particular virtue. And there he tells us that maybe there might be some that are not sound. But if we think of this aspect of the meaning, then some of them appear to be sound. So what is that meaning? Again, this is about a particular virtue. We are not talking about the virtue of the companions of the Prophet Muhammad in absolute terms. If that was the consideration, there is no game. They are the most virtuous, hands down. However, in relation to specific considerations, and this can be just to make it more concrete, if being tall is a virtue, there will be many people who lived before and after the companions of the Prophet Muhammad who will be taller than some of his companions. Not all of his companions, but some of his companions. And in that regard, if being tall is considered a virtue, many people will be more virtuous than the companions of the Prophet Muhammad in relation to the virtue of being tall. Or we can make this even closer to a religious consideration. Let's think about night prayers. Some of the companions of the Prophet did their night prayers but did not spend the entire night praying. There are people who spend the entire night praying. If that is a virtue in relation to that particular virtue of spending the entire night standing before God praying, some people who are not among the companions are superior to some companions. But if we asked, if any of these various individuals that we identified outside the, the small world of the companions, if any of them is more virtuous than any of the companions in absolute terms, the answer is no. The answer is no. Yoksa, Surah Fethin Akhirinde, Staish Karane Tafsifat Rabbaniye Mazhar. Ve Tevrat ve İncil ve Kur'an'ın methü senazına mazhar olan sahabelere fazileti külliye noktayı nazarında yetişilemez. Otherwise, from the point of view of general virtue, the companions cannot be reached. 
the companions are the ones who received the praise of the Lord, lordly praise at the end of the chapter of Fath, Surah Al-Fath, that we read at the beginning of this episode. And they are praised and applauded in the Torah, in the in the Gospels, in the Quran. Who can reach that? Is there anyone out there who has been praised by the Quran, by the Torah, by the Bible, in the Bible, in the Gospels, by God and his messenger in the way that the companions have been praised? Who knows better? Who has absolute knowledge of everything? Who knows each and every individual who was born and will be born? God. And he is saying that these are the ones who are worthy of my praise. Then who can reach that? Who can reach the virtue of the companions in absolute terms? With regard to general virtue. Şu hakikatin pek çok esbab ve hikmetlerinden şimdilik üç sebebi tazamun eden üç hikmeti beyan edeceğiz. Among the many causes and wisdoms of this truth, for now, we are going to explain, elucidate three wisdoms that are built upon three causes. What are they? Birinci hikmet. The first wisdom. Sohbet-i Nebeviye öyle bir iksirdir ki, bir dakikada ona mazhar bir zat, senelerle seyr-i süluke mukabil, hakikatin envarına mazhar olur. Sohbet-i Nebeviye. So the word here, sohbe, is something perhaps that we should uh, emphasize a little bit. The word sahabe is also coming from the same word. Companionship, being with, but not just being with, like not standing next to the Prophet wasallam the way someone may be standing next to you in a, in a, in a, a bus line. No, being with the Prophet wasallam, listening to him, talking to him, loving him, being in, a, in an exchange of love and companionship with him. So prophetic companionship is such an elixir, such a potion, elixir, that one who receives it for a single minute, for one minute, a person who receives it for one minute will be exposed to the lights of truth that is worth the amount of light that one can otherwise receive in years of spiritual journeying. Spiritual journeying is a technical term that we should again explain. Seyr-i suluk, traveling, journeying and observing. And this is a term that is used in Sufism for somebody who begins the path and struggles with himself under the guidance of a teaching master starts to be exposed to realities that are otherwise not visible. He starts to recognize his self and his sins, his mistakes, his weak points. He starts to eliminate them and then there starts to come out the heart in its clean, pure, shining, bright form and be exposed to larger realities. And now because it is, it is clean and bright, it is able to reflect and receive those realities such as 
such as the manifestations of God's names in the creation. And this is a long journey without an end. The journey is a journey without an end. There is no end to knowing, knowing God. There is no end to recognizing and understanding and being steeped in the knowledge of God. Ustad Nursi is saying, imagine a Sufi who is on the path, a seeker, a seeker in the Sufi path. Imagine this person, he may be journeying for years and years. For some, it is faster. For Ustad Nursi, it appears that it was faster. We have some uh, narrations in which people saw him interacting with the shuyukh, with the teaching masters, Sufi teaching masters of his, his environment in his childhood. He would stand there and the sheikh teaching master would be sitting before him and they, they, they recognized, the, the onlookers recognized this exchange, almost palpable exchange. And then the Sufi master turns and says, the way this child has excelled in scholarship, he has excelled in the Sufi path in an incredible way. So for some it is faster, but for the normal individual, for the ordinary person who is in the path, it's a long journey. And Stad Nursi says, imagine that person who is receiving these lights, the lights of truth, for years and years and years. And his, his heart is being enlightened more and more and more. A minute of companionship with the Prophet وسلم, is such an elixir that the same amount and perhaps even more of those lights can be received in that one minute. We can think of this like a cleaning solution. We have a, a gem in our hand, but it has been in dirt, years of grime and dust and whatnot has accumulated on it. And then we want to clean it. We want to get to the pure gem at the core of this, this rusty cluster of, of grime and dirt that we have in our hand. And we can keep rubbing and rubbing and rubbing and rubbing for years so that we can eventually start to see what is inside. But then somebody comes and says, take this solution, just pour a few drops on it and it is going to destroy all that grime and cleanse it and you will have it out, the core out, pure. That's, a, that's the kind of elixir, that's the kind of solution, potion that Prophet companionship was. Çünkü o sohbette insiba ve inikas vardır. Because in that companionship, there is a reflection and being colored. Reflection like a mirror. A mirror shows whatever you put it in front of. If you put the mirror in front of an ugly object, it will show you an ugly object. If you put it in front of a beautiful object, it's going to show you the beautiful object. Imagine a mirror that's put before the Prophet Is there anything that's more beautiful than the Prophet The companions put their hearts as mirrors before the Prophet and that reflection also made an inscription. Perhaps it, we should think of it as 
a photographic film. You open the aperture, the light comes in and it reflects and also makes an inscription. So there is in reflection with inscription in the in the prophetic companionship and the next word that Ustad Nursi uses of course is insibal which is being colored. So there's reflection with the inscription of colors. The companions when they they put themselves before the Prophet and open their minds hearts themselves to him they reflected his image and got the color of it. If you take a white object into a room where there is strong red light, the white object will, will look red. If there is strong green light, the white object will look green. If you put a person before the Prophet وسلم, and he purifies himself by from all the sins by taking the testimony which cleanses all sins before it, they take the color or colors of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Malumdur ki in ikas ve tebaiyetle o nuru azam o nubüvvetle beraber en azim bir mertebeye çıkabilir. So it is known that with this reflection and by following him, they can rise to a tremendous rank with the light of, with the tremendous light of prophethood following following the tremendous light of prophethood by reflecting it and by following it they can climb a tremendous rank nasıl ki bir sultanın hizmetkarı ve onun tebaiyetiyle öyle bir mevkiye çıkar ki bir şah çıkamaz in the way that the servant of a sultan by following his his master rises to such a station that a a lower king a prince let's say cannot get to that station the servant is a servant but he is serving the sultan and the sultan is moving on and going to places that nobody else can is allowed to go that, that let's say there are aristocrats and let's think of a palace and there are stations in this palace there are rooms in this palace some of them are private Nobody can get there other than the sultan, the king, the monarch of the palace. And there is aristocracy. There are noble people living in the palace with the king. And they can go to certain rooms. Some of them can go even further. But none can go beyond a certain point, beyond a certain gate. Because that is, that is the private domain of the sultan. However... The servant, because he is serving the sultan, can move on with the sultan, can follow the sultan and continue even into the private domain as far as the sultan allows him to go. And beyond that, there may still be points where even the, the servants of the sultan cannot go. But the servants can get further than the nobility because they are serving the sultan they reflect they reflect some of the qualities of the sultan they are given some of the privileges of the sultan işte şu sırdandır ki en büyük veliler sahabe derecesine çıkamıyorlar 
So because of this secret that even the greatest saints, greatest awliya, friends of God, saints, cannot rise to the level of the companions. Hatta Celaleddin-i Suyuti gibi uyanık iken çok defa sohbet-i nebeviyeye mazhar olan veliler Resul-i Ekrem aleyhissalatu vesselam ile yakazaten görüşseler ve şu alemde sohbetine müşerref olsalar yine sahabeye yetişemiyorlar. To the extent that some saints such as Celaleddin-i Suyuti who received the privilege of being in the companionship of the Prophet sallallahu aleyhi ve sellem while awake this is after the Prophet ﷺ dies, but some see him while awake. Some see him in their dreams. Some see him in an awakened state. Even if they conversed with him, that noble and blessed messenger of God, in that state of awakeness, even if they were honored with his companionship in this world, after he passed away, after he died, but still his... his, his spiritual reality lives on and he lives in his grave we know that that is our uh, mainstream understanding of what the state of the prophet وسلم, is he is alive in his grave and he hears us when we give salutations to him and he responds to it and his spiritual reality can travel and appear in many places and it has appeared in many places so even if some of the saints are honored with his companionship in an awakened state, not in dream, and in this world, still they cannot reach the degree of the companions. They cannot reach the companions. Çünkü sahabelerin sohbeti nübüvvet-i ahmediye aleyhissalatu vesselam nuruyla. Yani nebi olarak onunla sohbet ediyorlar. Evliyalar ise vefat-ı nebeviden sonra Resul-i Ekrem aleyhissalatu vesselamı görmeleri velayet-i ahmediye aleyhissalatu vesselam nuruyla sohbettir. Because when the companions converse with the Prophet sallallahu aleyhi ve sellem, when the companions are engaged in companionship with the Prophet sallallahu aleyhi ve sellem, they are conversing with him as a prophet and being exposed to the light of Ahmadan prophethood Ahmad is of course one of the names of the Prophet They are speaking with him, conversing with him as a prophet and they are receiving the lights of that prophethood. The saints on the other hand when they see the blessed noble messenger after his death وسلم, they are being exposed to they are conversing with the Ahmadan sainthood so there are two terms here that might be good to highlight one is the prophethood of Ahmad or Ahmadan prophethood the, the prophethood of the Prophet and the other is Ahmadan sainthood the sainthood of the Prophet When the Prophet died, Nubuwa, prophethood, came to an end. He was the seal. It was sealed. 
there is no revelation after him that revelation is a special kind of relationship between the creator and the creation and it came to an end and that is what many of the companions were so saddened with when it happened but the prophet وسلم, lives on as a friend of god as a saint of God. All saints are fruits of the Prophet message and connection to God. He lives on in his connection to the Creator. And all the saints, all those who travel on the Sufi path, follow the path that he opened and keeps open. He continues to be the gate and path. And those who converse with him after his death converse with him in relation to this aspect of his reality. Demek Rasul Ekrem Aleyhissalatu Vesselam'ın onların nazarlarına temessül ve tezahür etmesi velayeti Ahmediye cihetindedir. Nübüvvet itibariyle değil. In that case that the Prophet sallallahu aleyhi ve sellem appears and manifests in their sight that is in relation to his Ahmadan sainthood not in relation to his prophethood. Madem öyledir, nübüvvet derecesi velayet derecesinden ne kadar yüksek ise o iki sohbette o derece tefavüt etmek lazım gelir. If this is the case, to the extent that prophethood is superior to sainthood, there needs to be a difference in degrees and ranks between those types of companionship. Sohbet-i Nebeviye ne derece bir iksiri nurani olduğu bununla anlaşılır ki bir bedevi adam kızını sağ olarak defnedecek derecede bir kasaveti vahşiyanede bulunduğu halde gelip bir saat sohbet-i Nebeviye'ye müşerref olur daha karınca, karıncaya ayağını basamaz derecede bir şefkati rahimaneyi kesbederdi. What kind of an elixir, potion, solution, what kind of an illuminating elixir that companionship of the Prophet should be understood from this that a Bedouin man, so dark in his heart, his heart has become so dark that he was able to bury his alive daughter in such a wild way he would come to the Prophet ﷺ, be honored with his companionship for about an hour, and then he would become such a person, he would be the recipient of such such a compassion from the mercy giver, from a Rahim, that he would not even be able to step on an ant. Hem cahil, vahşi bir adam, bir gün sohbet-i nebeviyeye mazhar olur, Sonra Çin ve Hind gibi memleketlere giderdi ve o mütemeddin kavimlere muallimi hakaik ve rehberi kemalat olurdu. Another evidence that shows us the rank and power of prophetic companionship, what an elixir it was, is that an ignorant, a wild man would come to the Prophet sallallahu aleyhi ve sellem, be honored with his companionship for about a day, receive his companionship for about a day, and then he would set out, go to China or India, 
it, he would go to countries far away and then he would become a teacher of truth and a guide to perfections among those civilized peoples. A bad one, an ignorant, a wild bad one, knows nothing besides how to hunt and how to survive in the desert, comes to the Prophet spends a day and then is charged with such energy and knowledge and light that he cannot stay there anymore. He sets out and goes to faraway lands like China and India. And we have uh, stories, narrations of companions who have gone to these faraway places. And then he becomes a teacher among those civilized peoples. He becomes a teacher of truths and a guide to perfections. Inshallah, in the next episode about the 27th uh, word we will continue with the second and third wisdoms or causes again if you think that you benefit from these recordings please share them with a few friends maybe be like the companions who received that light from the prophet وسلم, and were charged charged in such a way that they could not find rest anymore and had to move on move on and convey the message and what we are conveying here is a reflection of that prophetic light it is coming from the quran it is coming from a great interpreter of the quran it is coming from a great gnostic who was given insight into the truths of the quran سبحانك لا علم لنا إلا ما علمتنا إنك أنت العليم الحكيم فآخر الدواهم أن الحمد لله رب العالمين الفاتحة